Short and Sweet by Adolphus Charles Troughton. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Characters Mr. Sweet of the Stock Exchange, a friend of Short's. Read by Todd. Mr. Short of the Stock Exchange, a friend of Sweet's. Read by Mike Manalakis. Stephen, a footman. Read by David Purdy. Mrs. Sweet. Read by Kelly Taylor. Mrs. Short. Read by Anamika. Maria, Mrs. Sweet's maid. Read by Sonia. Stage directions. Read by Larry Wilson. Scene. Short and Sweet's lodgings near the Crystal Palace. A handsomely furnished apartment. Door center backed by landing and staircase. Doors left first entrance and second entrance. Fireplace left in flat. Looking glass over mantelpiece. Vases and ornaments on a mantelpiece. Fender, fire irons, etc. Door right second entrance. A large round table right. Laid for luncheon for four. Chairs, an easy chair left of table. Sofa against right in flat. Sideboard against left in flat. A work table and chairs left. Footstool near sofa. Mrs. Sweet is seen right arranging the remains of a luncheon, from which she and Mrs. Short are supposed to have just risen. Mrs. Short sitting working at table left. That tiresome husband of mine, what has he done with himself? Compose yourself, my dear. Men of business, you know, are not always their own masters. My good man, you see, has not found his way back yet. Ah, you quite spoil, Mr. Short you know we don't agree upon that subject calls come come william come take your lunch sweet within right door in one minute my dear i'm only just drying my hands vexatious we shan't get the things cleared away all day enter mr sweet sorry to keep you waiting couldn't help it upon my honour just as i was leaving the office as the deuce would have it, in came a gentleman on business. Large transfer of stock, etc., etc. And so I lost my train. Never mind, there's plenty of time. So I'll just snap up a bit of something and be ready in the crack of a whip. Sit at table right and eats voraciously. Why, how you're eating, William. One would think you hadn't tasted anything before today. No more I have, to speak of. I was so late this morning that I was obliged to run away without my breakfast. Oh, Mr. Sweet, how can you say so? Why, I helped you to half a dozen kidneys at least. There wasn't one left in the dish for Mr. Short when he came down after you left. <laughs> no, did you though? My impression was I only took a cup of tea. Eats voraciously. But the fact is, I have so much upon my stomach, uh, <clears throat> I mean upon my mind, in the way of business, that really these things make very little impression. However, hang business for today, at all events. We shall have a splendid afternoon for our ride. You'll enjoy it, I know, Mrs. Short, immensely. Oh, yes, that I shall of all things. I haven't been out for a ride once since my marriage, and I used to be such a horsewoman. No, Short doesn't like it, I know. I would like to see Mr. Short on horseback amazingly <laughs> since gilpin's ride to edmonton 
checking herself. And yet, though Henry is rather inclining to be stout, you must admit that he carries himself remarkably well. Sweet to Mrs. Sweet. Really, my dear, you are too severe upon short. I beg your pardon, Louise, I'm sure. I'm such a simpleton. I must always laugh when I shouldn't. However, I think you had better make your arrangements independently of him, for although I don't want to be a wet blanket, I am convinced he won't go. No, no. I'll undertake to persuade him when he comes in. Stephen is seen to cross center from right to left. Isn't that Stephen going downstairs? Here, Stephen. Enter Stephen left center. Step over the way to the livery stables and tell them to send round the horses I chose on my way to town this morning. Then go on to Mr. Billington's, my compliments, and we shall be happy to join him this afternoon for a ride at the appointed time, two o'clock. Um, let's see, where did that note say we were to meet him? Mrs. Short eagerly. In front of the Crystal Palace. Ah, exactly. Don't forget, Stephen, two o'clock precisely. Two o'clock, sir? Yes, sir? Exit left center. Sweet rising and rubbing his hands. Come, that's nicely arranged. We shall have a charming ride over to Dulwich, see the pictures, and get back in plenty of time to dress before we start to dine with Billington. And then, with the box at the opera, which he has so politely presented us with, we shall have made out the day in a very superior, and I think I may almost venture to say, aristocratic manner. Come, ladies, make haste. Get your habits on, or the horses will be here before you are ready. And you know I can't bear to be kept waiting. I like that vastly. What's the matter? You can't be kept waiting. But you don't mind keeping other people waiting. Then, too, I am to be ordered about at beck and call. Everything arranged for me beforehand. I think at least you might have inquired whether I felt disposed to join you. Oh, I'm sure, Fanny. Why, my dear Mrs. Sweet, you heard the whole thing canvassed this morning between me and Mrs. Short, and you never made the smallest objection. Besides, haven't I only just made you a present of a magnificent riding habit? Cost me ten pounds, and one of the most wicked little wide-awakes in the world, with a bunch of cock's feathers all drooping over the crown? Come now, you know you are dying to put them on. You think so, do you? Yes, to be sure I do. You know you're an errant coquette. I, sir, a coquette. Ah, ah, didn't I surprise you trying your hat on fifty ways before the glass this very morning? You are caught there, I think. It's not true. You did nothing of the sort. You're always saying something of this kind. And since these are the sentiments you entertain of me, I positively refuse to stir a foot with you. So you may go without me. Doggedly seating herself. Mrs. Short eagerly. Oh, Fanny. Now, really, my dear, you can't be in earnest. Mrs. Sweet pettishly. No, no, I won't go. Not an inch crosses and sits right very well mrs sweet very well the old story you haven't contradicted me before to-day and so you think it is full time to begin was there ever such caprice crosses to left 
mrs short anxiously persuading her my dear fanny now do be reasonable you are not going to take offence without a cause a mere word and joke mr sweet was only in fun were you mr sweet after all mr billington's politeness too surely you'll go it would seem so personal to be sure insult a man like billington one of the first houses in the city most respectable delightful creature like billington why he keeps two carriages a couple of saddle horses and a buggy come now fanny say you'll go do that's a ducky well perhaps i've been too hasty say you didn't mean it william oh no my love upon my honour i didn't mean it well then as mr billington will be expecting us i suppose i must go now if my husband would but come oh never mind him if he is not in time we'll go without him come we haven't a minute to spare the horses will be here directly exit mrs sweet door left second entrance and mrs short door left first entrance sweet looking after them we'll go without him exactly that's the way she carries it and if i had been the absentee and had only been a quarter of a minute behind time she would go on without me as leave as look at me she treats me as if i had been married twenty years instead of half as many months but all that applies to short just as well as to me and yet how he lords it over his wife she actually seems to dote upon him fondles him pats him gives way to him whereas mrs sweet expresses her affection for me by snapping and snubbing in constant contradiction it's extraordinary i never perceived it before we took these joint lodgings down here for the sake of being near the crystal palace or if we did sometimes quarrel i always coaxed her into good temper again but since i have witnessed short's happiness i confess my eyes are open to the different stage of things existing in the two families and i acknowledge that it irritates me annoys me for i begin to feel myself in a very false and ridiculous position oh i must turn over a new leaf i really must i wonder how short does it for he is nothing like so good-looking as i am on the contrary although he is my most particular friend he's a confoundedly ugly fellow enter stephen left first entrance the horses are at the door sir very well get my whip stephen takes one off sofa and gives it to sweet and exits left centre it's astonishing what an excitement i've worked myself into lashing the air with his whip i hope my wife won't happen to come in just now i am hardly safe to be trusted with his whip short outside are the lunch things taken away i am almost famished there he is happy man enter short door left centre short speaking as he comes in here give me a chair give me a chair i am tired to death fussed and worried out of my life why how late you are we had almost given you up you're a pretty fellow to complain here have i been chasing about the city all day on an empty stomach i can't neglect my business as you do and then i'm to be told you had nearly given me up forsooth here stephen bring me up something or other to eat why you have hardly left a scrap upon the table uh, stephen some cold meat sits an easy chair left of table right what are you going to make a heavy luncheon at this hour of day i am surprised at that habit of yours short i rarely take anything between breakfast and dinner nor more do i when i get down first 
Who devoured the whole dish of kidneys and left me nothing for my breakfast but half a round of cold toast? But what's all that about outside? They're parading four horses up and down before the house. One great brute nearly ran over me as I was crossing the road. Sweet sits right of table left. That's exactly what you said when you knocked down that Shetland pony in the borough and trod upon it, and then came fainting into a pastry-cook's shop, swearing you had been run over. What, didn't I tell you then that we are all going out for a ride? What do you mean by all? I am not going, I can tell you. Do you think at my time of life I would trust myself to the back of a horse from a livery stable? Why, when I was fifteen or twenty years younger, in my wildest days, I never permitted myself anything beyond a donkey on the sands at Ramsgate, and then only a quiet one. I never could bear a fiery donkey. Come now, you are not going to spoil sport. Your wife has set her heart upon it. Rises and goes to short. My wife, sweet, never sets her heart upon anything but what mine set on too, so you may send back two of the horses, I promise you. Do you mean to say you are going to take this step without first consulting your wife? Of course I am. What, on your own private authority, refuse Mrs. Short? Refuse? <laughs> there will be no necessity for that. I shall just say, I don't go, and she won't go either. Sweet imitating. Oh, you'll just say, you don't go, and she won't go either, eh? Aside. Bluebeard. Aloud. Now, really, Short, you are joking with me. You'll soon see whether I'm in earnest. What? Do you mean to pretend that she'll give in without disputing the point, without a quarrel? Not the slightest. My wife always does as I wish her. Oh, so does mine. So does mine when we both wish alike. Come, I bet you five pounds she goes. Ton! I tell you what it is, sweet. When a woman once falls violently in love with a man, there's no end to the influence he has over her. Sweet aside. Conceited old hippopotamus. Aloud. You'll lose your money. Depend upon it. She'll not give way. <laughs> well, we shall see about that, for here she comes. Enter Mrs. Short, in hat and riding habit, through door left first entrance. Well, here you are, my dear, at last. Patting his cheek. You naughty hubby to be so late. Crosses to short. Yes, Lou, here I am, very tired, I can tell you, and ravenous for something to eat. Oh, dear, dear, what can I tell them to get you? Never mind, there is something coming. I have taken care of myself, but bless my heart, Lou, how smart you are. Why, you look as if you were going to ride a cock horse to Banbury Cross. Fanny and Mr. Sweet have been proposing. A ride on horseback, yes, I know. Quite a cavalcade. Sweet has been telling me. But shouldn't you have waited for my return before you gave your consent? Sweet aside. What a terrible crime. Well, Henry, dear, I didn't think you would. Uh, you know, Louisa, I am not fond of equestrian exercise. I never even go to Astley's. But since you have been at the trouble of dressing yourself, why, I suppose I mustn't disappoint Mrs. Sweet and her husband. Thank you, Harry, that's kind. Sweet aside. There's five pounds in my pocket. Short, ill-humouredly. At the same time, of course, it will be very dull and uncomfortable for me to be left all alone here while you are out pleasuring. Just like you wives, you always think of yourselves first. With increasing ill-humour. Who the deuce was it put the idea into your head? Why, I did, I believe. But to confess the truth, I should never have dreamt of the thing if it hadn't been for Mr. Mrs. Short alarmed and checking sweet. No, no, never mind. 
it's of no consequence don't let us talk any more about it she begins to pull off her gloves why mrs short what are you doing rises i see my husband doesn't wish me to go and i feel now it wouldn't be right to leave him so although he has given me full permission to go i shall not avail myself of his kindness short looking at sweet ahem sweet aside how on earth does he do it what can be the nature of the influence he must do something to her well since i am not going i may as well take off my things to sweet you'll explain matters to fanny aside what a fright he gave me just as everything was arranged so nicely how vexatious exit through door left first entrance short balancing himself with his thumbs in his waistcoat looking triumphantly at sweet i told you so hand me over five pounds sweet taking out his purse and paying the money it isn't enough that i am to be made sensible that i'm not half such a happy man as you are but i'm to pay for the conviction into the bargain you're a sorcerer no the girl's devoted to me that's all go along with you don't tell me it won't bear thinking about zounds i shall become unhappy if i do i won't stand it short hang me if i go to dulwich either hang me if i do and yet that will be no punishment to fanny for she didn't wish to go herself pray don't let me prevent your going enter stephen left centre with cold meat to stephen left centre come what a time you've been he sits down and begins to eat stephen yes sir tell the man to take back the horses to the stable we are not going enter mrs sweet as he is speaking dressed in riding hat and habit through door left second entrance what do you mean not going no my dear i have changed my mind stephen lingers for further orders what for we're all ready and here's mr short come home yes but you see he is busy pointing to short who is eating voraciously he doesn't wish to go and his wife remains at home to keep him company but what in the name of goodness has all this to do with us i tell you short doesn't want to go and i desire mrs sweet that there may be no further discussion on the subject you understand imitating short i don't go aside that's it i think as near as a toucher aloud stephen do as i ordered you stephen is about to go stop a moment stephen how mrs sweet you ventured a counter order no no but tell me how strange you are just now when i didn't care about going you were violently in favour of it and now i have consented and dressed myself to please you you want to stay home my dear wiggum what nonsense of course we must go now you have sent to say so what can you be thinking about sweet aside there she is again arguing the point with me how different with short and yet that great hulky fellow insensible of his own happiness sits there stuffing ready to burst himself short looking up from his knife and fork well have you settled the point my dear stephen is waiting for orders you know i have already given way to you willie it's now your turn sweet aside i feel that i am yielding and i can't help it aloud well that's true so you did aside short's laughing at me 
but I mustn't exact too much from her at once. Come, come, we shall be keeping them waiting. Ah, to be sure, I didn't think of that. You know, that makes all the difference short. We have friends waiting for us. Uh, Stephen, you can tell the man to take back only two of the horses. Yes, sir. Exit left center. There. That's like a man of sense. You may give me a kiss, and then you get your hat, and let us be off. Certainly, Fanny. That habit of yours is monstrously becoming to you. Kisses her. Aside. That's all very well in its way. But I'm a great ass for my pains notwithstanding. Now then, are you ready? Sweet putting on his hat and taking his whip. Goodbye, Short. Take care of yourself. We shall find you at home, I suppose, when we come back. Oh, yes, no fear of that. A safe ride to you. Goodbye. Exit Sweet and Mrs. Sweet left center. <laughs> there he goes. Poor tame snake. A model of a husband. Re-enter Mrs. Short, door left, first entrance, without her habit, as at first. Mrs. Short aside, looking after Mr. and Mrs. Sweet. There they go. How I should like to be with them. I wish them joy. <laughs> Sweet will make more than one wry face when he comes to sit down to dinner. A seeing his wife. Why, Lou, I'm afraid you don't stay at home with a good grace. Oh, don't say so. I am sure I am always delighted to be with you. Besides, it is no less a duty than a pleasure to me. Short eating heartily all the while he is talking. Now I ask you if we are not ten times better off comfortably at home here with a good luncheon before us than if we were jolting about on the backs of those brutes, exposed all the while to the danger. Why, my dear, you are in a brown study. Mrs. Short recollecting herself. Eh? Yes, certainly. What did you say? Who is it they are going with? Mrs. Short getting uneasy. If you talk so much, you'll spoil your luncheon. Well, I don't know how it is, but my appetite's beginning to fail. Mrs. Short bustling about the table to draw off his attention. Have a glass of sherry. Here, let me pour some out for you. Pours out wine for him and goes round to the right of Short. Well, I have rather a weakness for a glass of sherry. Having drank it. Another. She pours out another. Aside. If sweet could but see me now. Aloud. What a nice little parlor-maid you would make, Lou. Why, you are prettier than ever. Chucks her under the chin, and takes her by the hand to draw her towards him. Mrs. Short, with disinclination to meet his advance. Oh, how cold your hand is. Breaking away from him, and running towards the bell left. Let me ring and tell them to light a fire for you. No, no, never mind. Come here, I want to talk to you. Pour me out another glass of wine. Mrs. Short observing him. My dear, a third glass before dinner. Why not? It warms me and does me good. Come, give me a bus. Drawing her towards him. Mrs. Short breaking away from him. Oh, oh. Why, what on earth's the matter? Only a sudden stitch. Keeping at a distance. I tell you, I want to have a chat with you. Come, sit by me. Mrs. Short taking her work and sitting at table left. Very well. What shall we chat about? Don't sit so far off. He is about to rise to go nearer to her, but sinks back again into the chair. There's my leg again. Phew, what a grinder. I haven't got rid of my gout yet. About to rise. Mrs. Short running to him with footstool. Don't get up. Don't get up. You'll hurt yourself. Here, take this footstool. 
short rubbing his leg and putting it on footstool and then sits left ah that's better that's more comfortable aside if that silly fellow sweet could but see me aloud i am as snug now as a bug in a rug what would poor sweet give to exchange places with me this spring cushion instead of a hard saddle and his leg up at his ease talking of him reminds me you haven't told me who's their friend this morning she seems to hesitate what don't you know yes oh yes mr billington i believe oh mr billington is it a friend of the sweets let's see we dined there to-day a remarkably nice young man that mr billington he is particularly civil to me lately whenever he meets me in the city i am sure nothing could be more polite and attentive than his behaviour to us that night at the sweets in town just before we came down here by the by how is it he never comes to our house mrs short confused why i-i never asked him you know you are so much away from home i am so often alone that i uh, you are quite right my dear perfectly correct certainly appearances must be attended to very proper conduct on your part delicate and correct in the extreme aside ecod sweet right i am the happiest fellow under the sun enter stephen left centre oh sir oh mum such a shocking thing good gracious stephen what's the matter oh the poor gentleman poor mr sweet why what has happened to him oh horrible sir tremendous throwed from his arse dashed hisself to pieces oh good heavens where is he ah uh, this comes of steady men of business taking to riding when they're turned of five and forty poor fellow poor fellow enter sweet left centre frightened out of his wits leaning on his wife and stephen apparently in great pain mrs short and short run to meet him oh oh my dear friend what is it tell me thrown thrown from my horse mrs sweet with the greatest solicitude and affection my poor husband quick quick the sofa stephen wheels sofa to centre lay him on the sofa gently there place your head upon my arm where is it you're in pain do tell us oh here here there seated on sofa centre run stephen as fast as your legs will carry you for mr sawbone no no i won't see him he'll cut both my legs off mrs sweet to stephen get your hat we'll send you word if you are to go yes mum aside as he goes out looking at sweet well he has gone and smashed himself exit left centre short examining and bending first his legs and then his arms courage come let me see where you're hurt oh oh have you broken a limb examining no your legs are all sound and so are your arms come sit up man you're more frightened than hurt mercy be praised how thankful i am short to sweet what a turn you have given me pour me out a glass of wine lou mrs short pours out a glass of wine and as she is carrying it to him mrs sweet takes it out of her hand and gives it to sweet who drinks it mrs sweet to mrs short as she takes the wine thank you that was meant for me mrs sweet to sweet not hearing short how are you now my dear 
Well, I feel a little better, but there's something gone. I'm sure I felt it go. Unbuttoning his waistcoat and feeling. Yes, it's one of your brace buttons, don't you see? Mrs. Short to Mrs. Sweet. How pale you are, Fanny. Mrs. Sweet, recovering from her alarm. It is passing off now. I have had a little fright, that's all. Short to Sweet. You would go showing off your horsemanship and see what has come of it. Not at all, I assure you. I was going along as quietly as possible, getting gradually more confident and comfortable, when all of a sudden a cursed little brute of a cur ran out of a yard close by and flew at the horse's throat. I thought something was going to happen by the look of the mare's ears, and just as I was about to let go of the bridle and catch hold of the mane, up went her heels into the air, and I was shot like a bullet from a gun-slap over her head into the road. And poor little Pug was kicked to death, I suppose. No, I had my revenge. How do you mean? Why, I came down in a sitting posture, plump on his back. One squeak and it was all over. Mrs. Sweet seen that nothing is the matter with her husband. Come, William, I think you are nearly all right again now. Yes, my dear, thank you. I shall get round again in a day or two, I dare say. You were far more frightened than I was. Mrs. Sweet, smiling. Oh, come, William. I am not quite so sure about that. Now that the danger is over, we can afford, you know, to laugh about it. You were not at all alarmed, were you, dear? <laughs> and the droll manner in which you fell. <laughs> exactly. It certainly broke his fall and the dog's back at the same time. Much better than falling the other way. <laughs> <laughs> Only picture to yourselves my husband's attitude after his descent, comfortably sitting in the middle of the road without his hat. <laughs> <laughs> With all the dirty little vagabonds in the parish gathered around him. <laughs> Sweet, getting offended. I'm glad you're amused. I really don't see the joke. Mrs. Short, aside to Mrs. Sweet. Don't, Fanny. He don't like it. Mrs. Sweet, thrusting her handkerchief in her mouth. I oughtn't to laugh, perhaps, but I positively can't help it. <laughs> no, it makes one laugh in spite of oneself. <laughs> Sweet, more offended. Really, Mrs. Sweet, I consider this behavior of yours very extraordinary not to say disgusting. Here have I been within a hair's breadth of losing my life, and you are turning the whole thing into ridicule. Nay, now, don't be angry. I can't help myself. <laughs> <laughs> Just imagine our friend here magnificently enthroned in the gutter on the body of his prostrate enemy. <laughs> Mr. Short, sir, leave off. Well, it is not my fault. It was your wife sent me off. <laughs> Sweet looking angrily at his wife. Yes, I know it was. And her preposterous merriment exposes her great want of feeling. The stony nature of her heart. Mrs. Sweet trying in vain to repress her laughter. Nay, now, Willie. <laughs> yes, ma'am, I repeat it. The stony nature of your heart. 
now willie it's ill-natured of you to say that if i could for laughing i should be very angry with you <laughs> i cannot stop myself <laughs> damn it madam will you leave off i can't william <laughs> with irresistible laughter sweet pacing the stage in a passion such scandalous want of feelings is abominable revolting mrs short tried to pacify him mr sweet pray sweet interrupting her and crossing to left no mrs short i appeal to you i appeal to you ma'am suppose this misfortune had happened to short do you think for one moment that you would have been capable of such behaviour crosses to right ah sweet but there's no arguing by comparisons all women are not of the same sensitive disposition as my louisa i flatter myself they don't all feel things alike but fanny is the most affectionate creature in the world and i am sure mr sweet is very sincerely attached to you it was evidently quite an hysterical affection wholly beyond her power to control one of those irresistible fits of laughter that we are all of us subject to at times no i shan't pass it off so easily i assure you how does she know what may be the end of it there may be after symptoms oh don't let us think of that i trust that you are not seriously hurt come now i'll go and fetch her you must kiss and be friends you must indeed enter maria door left my mistress wishes to see you ma'am very well maria i'll come directly exit maria to sweet there you see she has sent for me to make it up with you mrs short listen to me no no i'll not hear another word you must be reconciled to your wife this very minute on pain of my severe displeasure sweet is about to object no no i can't hear you not half a syllable i shall run and fetch her exit door left second entrance what a treasure you have in that woman short she is a perfect pattern a model an incomparable model of conjugal devotedness it's a good thing for you i didn't see her first sits on sofa center my dear friend women are neither more nor less than what we make them at least in marriage louisa was not always the docile obedient wife you now see her not of course till all the tomfoolery of the honeymoon was over and i began to take the proper tone sweet rises ah why didn't i take the proper tone exactly rises but it requires a peculiar tact the method of proceeding i believe is a secret not possessed by all take pity on me short tell it me show me how you do it and you'll bind me to you for life you want firmness you give way and when once a merry man you know allows two voices in his house it soon ends in there being only one and you'll excuse me sweet the result is he is led by the nose by his own wife as iago says in the play as tenderly as asses are yes i am afraid i have been a very great ass but shall i suffer this state of things to go on till i become the laughing-stock of all my friends no no never i can't sleep at nights for thinking of the difference between your wife and mine sounds i'm resolved i won't put up with it any longer 
I'll be as much master in my own house as you are. Every jot as much. Who the devil are you that you should carry it over me in this sort of way? Do you hear what I say, Short? I insist upon being as much minded as you are, sir. I insist upon it. What can I do to show my authority? I have it. I won't go to the opera tonight. I won't dine at Billington's. What do I care for his mock turtle? Uh, damn his milk punch. I know she has set her heart upon it, but I won't go. There'll be a precious kick up. She'll fly into a passion. Fall a crying, perhaps. Have a fit. And shall I give way? No, I'll stand like a rock. Well said. Bravo. But you'll be sure to give in again. Give in? You shall see. If only you keep your word, you'll be sure to succeed. Oh, I have been too much of a nincompoop all this while. Too good-natured. Too indulgent. Too... Hush, they'll hear you. Here they come. Now mind. Sweet left. Don't you trouble yourself. I'm just in a humor for her. Enter Mrs. Sweet and Mrs. Short, door left, Maria following with an evening dress on her arm. Stephen enters, left center, and wheels back sofa to right, in flat. Never mind, Fanny. Why, what a child you are. Don't let the dress put you out of temper. I am sure I can alter it for you. To Maria. Lay it carefully on the bed. Exit Maria, door left, first entrance. To Mrs. Sweet. You must come and dress in my room. Was there ever anything so vexatious? Stupid creature. Sits left. Stephen removes luncheon and exit, left center. Sweet aside to Mrs. Short. Well? Mrs. Short not at first understanding him. Eh? Oh, yes. Aside. Well, I spoke to her about it, and I'm sure she is very sorry for what took place, so you mustn't think any more of it. Short aside to Sweet. Be firm. Show determination. Mrs. Short, aside to Sweet. You promised me, you know, to make it up with her? Short, aside to Mrs. Short. This is no place for us just now. Hadn't you better go and dress? Wait a minute. I want just to speak. My dear. Very well. Sweet, observing them. Astonishing. One word, and he has obeyed at once. Short, aside to Sweet. Recollect. Sweet, aside to Short. Never fear. Short to his wife. Now, if you please. Exit Short and Mrs. Short. Door left, first entrance. Mrs. Short is right. She seems vexed. Perhaps she is really sorry. These things only happen to me. Whose fault is that, ma'am? How was I to know I should be so misunderstood? You should be more particular in what you say, then. Think before you speak. Well, so I thought I did. I am quite grieved about it. Rings bell. Enter Maria, door left, first entrance. Has Mr. Billington's aunt sent the book of the fashions she promised the other day to Mrs. Short? No, ma'am. Send Stephen for it directly, then, and as soon as it comes, bring it to me. Don't make any mistake now. Bring it to me, you understand? Very well, ma'am. Exit left center. Sweet aside. She is off at a tangent now about her finery. Aloud. Your grief appears to be of short duration, ma'am. I am sure I was quite in despair about it, but Louisa has kindly undertaken to put matters to right for me. Mrs. Short, then, has undertaken more than she has any authority for, and may find the task more difficult than she supposes. Oh, I hope not. 
but if she doesn't succeed i shall go another way to work a sharp knife will soon settle the business a sharp knife you alarm me what for what for why to rip up the seam of my dress to be sure i want the upper skirt open at the side trimmed with flowers there's nothing more becoming trimmed with flowers fool to suppose that i was in any way concerned in your vexation you of course not how should that concern you you have the face to ask me the question after your scandalous behaviour just now oh that's what you've been driving at all this while i didn't understand you you don't mean to say that you are still in a bad temper about my joking you <laughs> there i ask your pardon shall i go down on my knees no no by no means laugh again ma'am if you like pray don't restrain yourself but you will find for the future that i shan't give way to all your whims and fancies quite as easily as i have done it doesn't answer crosses to left come now willie i didn't mean to offend you the danger was all past you know no ma'am i am not in a laughing humour to-day and as i see nothing amusing in what has happened to me and don't feel disposed to go out you will be pleased to stay at home to-night ma'am very well yes but i mean it mrs sweet i am not well i am suffering from the effects of my accident wounded both in mind and body crosses to right where why didn't you see the doctor then when i wished you sounds ma'am a man may be wounded without having all his bones broken besides i am not obliged to give a reason i don't choose to go and i request you not to go either i order you not to go oh very well sir as you please of course but since you feel yourself so very very ill why on earth don't you go to bed because i prefer to sit up sits right then you must allow me to say that your not going to-night is a mere caprice you would be just as well at the opera as sitting up in this room possibly but i don't mean to put it to the proof what not for my sake willie not if i coax you i do so wish to go it is so seldom i have an opportunity of going to the opera no it's of no use i tell you i won't go really this behaviour is most unpardonable why you are a completely altered man i am surprised at you yes ma'am i am altered totally altered crosses to left i have given way for the last time and you'll be much more surprised when you find that i am firm determined fixed well i have never seen you in such a detestable temper before in all my life you provoke me ma'am i am tired of being contradicted tired of it what can you mean william why if any one saw us we should be set down for the most unhappy couple in the world so we are mrs sweet so we are although i wasn't aware of it till we came down here a month ago to these lodgings with the shorts i was contented enough before then happy as the days were long sometimes giving into your way sometimes getting my own but i was a fool then and didn't know any better look at short my eyes are opened now see how much happier he is with his wife than i am with you i wish ma'am to be obeyed like short to be observed like short to be doted on like short 
to be caressed like short, to be petted like short, to be patted like short, to be fat like short. Why ain't I of as much consequence as he is? Why is he always obeyed when I am not? Crosses to write. Because he is less extravagant in his desires, I suppose. How, ma'am? Or else, perhaps, because he has a more amiable way of making his wishes understood. In a word, because he doesn't resemble you. This is downright personality. I give you fair warning. I am getting into a most enormous passion. Enter Stephen left center. Mr. Billington is here, ma'am. We're not at home. Crosses to left. What does he want? He says, sir, he waited this morning for nearly an hour in front of the Crystal Palace, according to appointment, and finding that you didn't come, he has called to inquire if there is anything the matter. We can't see him. We're not at home. Impossible! You can't mean it! What now? He is in the house. Sweet to Stephen. Do you hear what I say? Exit Stephen, left center. I never would have believed that you could have behaved like this. What will Mr. Billington think of us? What do I care? You must go tonight now, if it only be to apologize to him, after keeping him waiting, too, all the morning. It will be time enough tomorrow. I shall see him in the city. I don't understand your conduct, William. It must be simply to vex and annoy me that you refuse to accompany me this evening. No, ma'am. I'm acting advisedly on principle. Very well, sir. I see your object. You have determined to make me unhappy. And you have perfectly succeeded. I am not accustomed to these insane transports of passion without the slightest motive. Your cruel treatment has wounded me to that degree. <laughs> what have I done to deserve it? <laughs> Sweet softened. Why, I can't help feeling. So happy as we have always lived together till we came down here. You'll repent of this behavior before long, depend upon it. I see how it is. You want to make me your slave, the mere echo of your own lordly will. Very well, sir. I submit. Henceforward, you shall find me the most submissive of wives. Every wish shall be acquiesced in. Every command obeyed. But <laughs> I, I shall never, never love you any more <laughs> crossing left sweet follows her entreating and crossing down center but mrs sweet fanny my dear don't cry you shall go to the opera i'll go with you we'll all go to the opera <laughs> oh how happy you have made me <laughs> i'll go go Dress myself, William, and then perhaps when you're left to yourself, you'll be so sorry for what you have done. <laughs> Exit sobbing through door left, first entrance. Sweet wiping his eyes. I have behaved like a barbarian to her. 
into short door left first entrance well did it succeed no it didn't you astonish me i am ten times more unhappy than i was before i made her cry and i can't bear it well it is rather painful at first but it will come easier by and by i'll tell you then i feel i have been making a brute of myself all through your confounded advice how sweet what's that you say certainly haven't you been boasting about your happiness and your influence over your wife ever since you have been down here what the devil was that to me what was it to me whether she contradicted you or not my wife was in the habit of contradicting me and i was accustomed to it come come i shan't i say you have destroyed all my domestic peace crossing to left you misunderstand me sweet is that the way to talk to a friend you are no friend of mine you're an interfering meddling old fellow that has always been your great fault interfering in what doesn't concern you sits left come i say that's a little too strong weren't you everlastingly boring me with your complaints how i did this and how i did t'other why i was always able to get my own way when you couldn't get yours well then since you're so ungrateful since you put me to it i'll tell you why simply because your wife doesn't care a straw for you sweet rises short no not a button depend on it it's false she does give me your reason for saying so what better proof of it can you have than the fact of you not being happy with her you see how happy i am with mine not happy with her do you mean seriously to insinuate that i am not happy with her take care what you are doing short don't try to disenchant my life with horrible suspicions but even if it were so i shall never win her back to me by violence and quarrelling sits left of course not i never think of quarrelling with my wife and as to violence i hate it on the contrary i sometimes show her little delicate attentions which women know well how to appreciate for instance she is going to the opera to-night well what do i do why i send up to covent garden market and buy her a bouquet billington was going to buy some for himself and i entrusted him with the commission sweet rises and runs centre where are you going to buy something for my wife buy something what i don't know anything half a dozen things everything i can find stay stay don't hinder me let's see have i any money yes all right i'll tell them to send in their whole stock for selection the first shop i come to short detaining him <laughs> sweet don't be a fool the first shop you come to is a pork butcher's enter maria left centre with the book of the fashions well what do you want i beg your pardon sir i thought my mistress was here she's in mrs short's room what's that the fashion book sir a capital thought give it to me my mistress told me most particularly sir not to give it to any one but her never mind i'll take it to her myself maria gives the book there that will do i'll see to it thank you sir exit door left second entrance i am glad i've got hold of this first perhaps i shall be able to find something she might take a fancy to i know her taste opens the book short aside he'll never get on with his wife he has no tact not the slightest observing sweet good gracious sweet what's the matter don't you feel well what's this what is it why you see what it is the book of the fashions sweet left what can it mean short right looking into the book a note written in pencil 
without address or signature. Where are my spectacles? Why am I afraid to read it? Why do I tremble from head to foot? I am in a cold perspiration. Short? Written in pencil? I have seen that hand somewhere. Whose do you think it is? It strikes me all at once. It's Billington's. Stop an instant. Let me go and find my glasses. Sweet seizing hold of his arm. Did you mark what the girl said? That you were to be sure and give the book to nobody but my wife? Yes, I heard her say that. Let me read. Reads. I waited for you all the morning. So he did. Go on. Sweet reads. I am afraid to ask why you didn't come. It is now five days since I have seen you. This is cruel. But I implore of you to give me an interview tomorrow in the lane at the back of the house at two o'clock, if it be but for ten minutes. We shall meet this evening, but I shall have no opportunity of being alone with you. You will not refuse if you return the feelings that are consuming me. They look at each other, then after a short pause, Sweet falls into Short's arms. Take care, you'll have me down. Bear it like a man. There, take this chair. Try and recover yourself. He supports him to a chair right. Sweet sinking into the chair. Oh, Short. Never mind, my dear fellow. I'll stand by you. I'm your friend. Oh, for some vent to my feelings. Something to tear. He snatches Short's handkerchief from his pocket and tears it. What the devil are you doing? That's one of my best half-dozen fresh cambric. Gathering up the pieces and putting them into his pocket. Short, are you a good pistol shot? A good pistol shot? No, I never fired a pistol in my life. You'll revenge me if I fall. I expected of you as my friend. You said you'd stand by me. You don't mean to say you're going to challenge him. What? Not after he has seduced my wife's affections? Short aside. What a lucky thing Louisa never asked him to call. Fight him? Yes. Crossed a handkerchief in my shirt sleeves with a pistol in one hand and a sword in the other. You surely don't mean that you would be likely to take any active steps to prevent that meeting. Certainly not, if you don't wish it. What you wouldn't, for instance, you think, be likely to go before a magistrate or anything of that sort? Short laying his hand upon his heart. You may rely upon my friendship for not interfering. Sweet aside. He can't be in earnest. Aloud. Why, you are as bloodthirsty as I am. The traitress. That was why she was so anxious to see him when he called. That was why she wanted to go to the opera tonight. But let me seek for some further proof against her. Something to utterly confound her. He begins to read the letter to himself. Short also trying to read the letter over Sweet's shoulder. I can't see a word without my glasses. What can I have done with them? Wait a moment. They must be somewhere in the room. He goes to the back of the stage to look for his glasses and discovers to the audience that they are hanging at his back. Sweet reading to himself in a low tone, while Short is searching for his spectacles at the back. Ah, if you grant my request, carry the bouquet of violets tonight, which I have taken measures for your receiving from a safe hand, which can awaken no suspicion. The viper! Short giving up the search and coming forward. What have you found? Anything fresh? Sweet showing him the letter. Look, read, judge for yourself. Short trying in vain to read the letter. No, it's no use, confound it. I can't make out a word. A signal, a signal, Short. Think of that. They are actually carrying on a secret correspondence by means of signals. What signals? Why the devil don't you read the letter? She shall go tonight, 
she shall go, but I'll watch her like a lynx. Now be prudent. Let me entreat of you to do nothing rashly. Sweet vehemently putting back the letter into the book. I'll give it her with my own hand and see how she takes it. Short restraining him. No, no, no. Let me beg of you. In your present state of excitement, it would be madness. Let me give it to her. I shall be able to see more than you will. I am cooler, more collected. Do you think so? Well, perhaps you are right. Gives short the book. Leave me to deal with her alone, sweet. You are not fit to be trusted just at present. Go and dress. Go to your own room and endeavor to calm yourself. Calm myself. <laughs> I have a good mind to jump out of the window. Don't leave me long, or I shall do myself a mischief. I'm in a state of desperation. Seizes a knife from the table. Short takes it from him. Exit through door right. Poor fellow, he's in a pitiable condition. But he has brought it all upon himself by overindulging his wife to that absurd extent that he has completely ruined his own domestic happiness. It might have been just the same with me if I had been fool enough to walk in his footsteps. I wish I could make out the contents of this letter, though. Stay. Enter Mrs. Sweet and Mrs. Short, as he is about to open the book, in evening dress, both carrying bouquets. Mrs. Sweet looking down at the dress she wears. The dress looks as well again, so I am delighted with the alteration. Short aside. What tranquility and guilt. She's a cool hand. Mrs. Sweet seeing Short. What? Not ready yet, Mr. Short? Won't we be late? Where is my husband? Short with an absurd assumption of dignity. He is dressing, madam. Mrs. Sweet surprised at his manner. Well, that is a very singular manner of telling me so. I am not aware, madam, that there is anything more singular in my manner than in another's. With ridiculous significance, after a pause. Allow me to give you this book. Mrs. Sweet taking it quickly. Oh, here it is at last. Thank you. Short aside. How she betrays herself. I am afraid, Mr. Short, something has put you out. Possibly something has, madam. Exit door right. Mrs. Sweet looking after him. What is the matter with your husband, Louisa? He appears to be in the high ropes about something. Mrs. Short anxiously. I haven't the smallest idea. He seemed very strange. He's an oddity. I could scarcely keep my countenance, although I am by no means in a merry humour. The gentlemen are bewitched, I think. My good man is not in a very amiable frame of mine, either. Ah, well, we must leave them alone, and they'll come around at their leisure, I suppose. What can be the reason, I wonder? There, now, you're going to torment yourself about that. Why don't you treat these things as I do? You're always in a state of adoration of your husband. To his face, too. It is really very absurd of you, and is quite spoiling him. Besides, it is not only bad policy, as far as you are concerned, but it does me a positive injury also. Here have I had a regular scene with William, and have been indulged with some charming comparisons in your favour. She carelessly opens the book and looks at the pictures. Oh, come, you have succeeded most admirably with my dress. See, look here. Comparing the dress she has on with the one in the book. It is exactly as you have done it. 
mrs short in an absent manner scarcely looking at it yes i see mrs sweet picking up the note which has fallen out of the book why here's a note louisa you are dreaming see here's a note a note yes fallen out of the book is it for us do you think i seem to know the hand to be sure it is mr billington's mrs short glancing at the writing no no put it back again put it back again into the book what for what a hurry you're in mrs short trying to get hold of the note which mrs sweet holds from her no my dear fanny we have no right to read it consider it may have been sent in mistake there appears to be neither address nor signature oh it's some message about returning the book reads i waited for you all the morning i am afraid to ask why you didn't come it is now five days since i saw you this is cruel but i implore of you to give me an interview to-morrow in the lane at the back of the house at two o'clock if it be only for ten minutes we shall meet this evening but i shall have no opportunity of being alone with you you will not refuse if you return the feelings that are consuming me mrs short interrupting her in great confusion fanny how can you pray put it back again mrs sweet continuing to read if you grant my request carry the bouquet of violets to-night she stops and looks at mrs short's bouquet then goes on which i have taken measures for your receiving from a safe hand which can awaken no suspicion an extraordinary epistle to mrs short who is in great confusion and hangs down her head that bouquet those conscious blushes very pretty upon my honour louisa what am i to think of all this mrs short with energy looking up think of it why think that i have been persecuted with the attentions of a coxcomb whom i have never encouraged by word or look persecuted poor martyr how could i for an instant imagine that he would presume to take such a liberty come now you had better make a clean breast of it this has been one of your quiet flirtations flirtations if the man would persist in his attentions how could i help it you know i could not be absolutely rude to him mrs sweet bantering her and holding up the letter is this one of his attentions no the most extravagant height of consummate impudence and if i were not frightened out of my senses i should go into fits of laughter come come mrs demure i'll have no more of this i shall take the liberty of destroying this delectable note tearing it to pieces and putting them in her pocket don't scold me for if i have been silly and a little indiscreet which mind i don't confess i have been sufficiently punished for it for i haven't had a minute's peace of mind ever since we have been down here and after all is there no excuse for me see how i am treated he starts at the sight of a rat runs away from the bark of a dog and couldn't be induced to mount a horse if his life depended on it but he is not afraid to coerce and bully a poor defenceless wife wiping away a tear 
I am sure if my husband would only be a twentieth part as kind to me as dear Mr. Sweet is to you, I wouldn't give him a moment's vexation for the world. Nonsense, Lou. It isn't worth a tear. And you know I have always told you it is all your own fault. You don't go the right way to work with him. I tell you what it is, my dear. You are too amiable by half, both at home and abroad. But don't alarm yourself. There is no great harm done if we can only keep the knowledge of all this ridiculous nonsense from our husbands. But judging from Mr. Short's delightful air just now, I am not quite sure that that will be altogether so easy. But mind, ma'am, no more persecutions, no more flirting. Only help me out of the scrape like a good dear creature, and if ever I expose myself to anything of the kind again, may I— Mrs. Sweet aside, making a sign to signify that their husbands are coming. Don't be seen with that bouquet in your hand. Uh, let us exchange. Take mine. They exchange bouquets. How shall we find an excuse for not going? Never mind that now. Don't be frightened. Keep close to me, and if I give you a hint, be sure to take it. Enter Sweet and Short through door right in evening dress. Short aside to Sweet. Be careful now what you say. Sweet seeing the bouquet in his wife's hands. There it is, under my very nose. Short aside. What? Sweet aside. The bouquet. Short looking through his eyeglass. I can't make it out very well at this distance, but there is nothing extraordinary in her having a bouquet. So has my wife. Mrs. Sweet affecting an air of gaiety. Well, you see, we are dressed first. Sweet struggling to keep down his feelings. So I perceive. So we perceive, ma'am. Mrs. Sweet aside to Mrs. Short. My husband is in the secret, that is quite clear. Aloud to Sweet and Short. You are such bows, you see that you have kept us waiting. We must have been a very long time dressing, Short, or else the ladies must be very impatient to set out. True, Sweet, your remark is obviously correct. Sweet looking at his wife. Minutes seem hours when the mind is on the stretch of expectation. Short aside to Sweet, pulling him by the skirts of his coat. Ah, that's all wrong. Take care. We shall be in plenty of time, ladies. Short aside. That's better. Keep to the plural number. It sounds less particular. We shall not be the last to arrive, I dare say. Rings the bell. Enter Stephen, left center. Is the coach at the door, Stephen? Yes, sir. I was just coming to tell you as you rung. Sweet aside. I am suffocating. Mrs. Sweet to Sweet. My dear, do you still feel disinclined to go? No, not at all. To Stephen. Give me my hat. Stephen takes up his hat from the sofa, which he keeps in his hand. Not at all. Aside. If Stephen now would but let my hat fall to give me an excuse for going into a passion. Aloud to Stephen. What are you doing with my hat, sir? Me, sir? Nothing, sir. Ah, sir. Do you dare to answer me, you scoundrel? Leave the room, sir, or I'll kick you downstairs. Stephen aside, putting down the hat. Master's mad. I wasn't doing anything with the hat. Exit center left. 
Well, why don't we go? We none of us seem very well inclined to do that. Why not? I never felt more disposed to go out in my life. I am in ecstasies at the thought of it. So is short. Very much so, indeed, sweet. Sweet looking at his wife. Short and I, it is true, are no great hands at flirting with the ladies, but we can look on and see others doing so. Short aside, pulling him by the sleeve. Sweet, sweet. Sweet disregarding Short and looking hard at his wife. Yes, ma'am. I say we can look on and see others doing so. Short aside. He'll spoil all. It's impossible to restrain him. Mrs. Sweet aside to her husband and covertly pointing to Short. Don't, for goodness sake, make matters worse. Make matters worse? Short, ma'am, is in my confidence. Mrs. Sweet aside, perplexed. I am lost. I can't make it out. Mrs. Short aside. What does he mean? Sweet to his wife. It was on my account, doubtless, that you were so particular about your dress, to please me. Well, yes. Don't you like it? And this bouquet, that, too, was to please me, I suppose? Short aside to Mrs. Short, after crossing behind to left of her. What did you give her my bouquet for? This bouquet, that you have been feasting your eyes on ever since I have been in the room, that you haven't had a minute out of your hand. Give it to me. Snatching it out of her hand. See how I prize it, too. He raises his arm and is about to dash it violently to the ground, short crossing to Sweet and seizing hold of his arm. Stop, stop, I say. What are you about? Don't destroy my wife's bouquet. Sweet, after a pause of amazement. What's that? Your, your wife's bouquet? Do you mean to say that this, this bouquet belongs to Mrs. Short? To be sure I do. Didn't I bring it all the way from the city on purpose to make her a present of it? Sweet aside. Oh. Embraces his wife. Laugh at me again, Fanny. <laughs> Scold me, snub me, turn me into ridicule. I'll never contradict you again as long as I live. Mrs. Sweet aside, jogging her husband and covertly pointing to Short. Hush, hush. To herself. A light breaks in upon me. To Mrs. Short. You are safe. There's some mistake. Short aside, looking towards Sweet. What's the matter with the man? Has he taken leave of his senses? Sweet, significantly to Mrs. Short. Let me restore this bouquet to the rightful owner. Mrs. Short aside to Mrs. Sweet, taking the bouquet in confusion. What am I to say? Mrs. Sweet aside to Mrs. Short. Nothing. Now mind. Aloud. Louisa, dear, what is it? She'll faint. Here, Mr. Short, come and help her. Here, smell the salt. There, there. Fanning her, Mrs. Short sinks fainting into a chair left. Mrs. Short, while Mrs. Sweet is fanning her. Oh, dear. Oh, something has come over me so suddenly. I am afraid I shan't be able to go tonight. Nonsense, my dear. It will soon pass off. Go indeed. Impossible. She is more fit for bed than the opera. Aside to Mrs. Short. Now, no yielding. No, I feel it would be quite out of the question. Short authoritatively. Why, what is the meaning of all this? You were well enough just now. Aside in a threatening tone. Are you going to take a leaf out of Mrs. Sweet's book? Mrs. Short allowed in a totally changed manner. My dear? 
as louisa seems so unwell willie and as mr short of course can't possibly leave his wife suppose we send an excuse i know you don't care about going just as you please my dear whatever you like i am agreeable to anything come now i tell you what i propose looks significantly at mrs short as the place doesn't seem to agree with mrs short and as i think we have had enough of the crystal palace i'll stand treat for a month at the seaside change of air will do us all good what do you say short significantly to sweet yes the sooner we leave the better aside for you significantly to mrs sweet what do you say mrs sweet mrs sweet pretends to be confused turns away her head and smiles aside amusing sweet significantly to mrs short what do you say mrs short mrs short forces a laugh turns away her head and frowns aside provoking short aside looking contemptuously at sweet the idea of his putting up with the affront in this sort of way poor sweet sweet aside to the audience capital joke isn't it poor short do him all the good in the world when he finds it out won't it mrs sweet advancing and addressing the audience with her finger to her lips but keep the secret don't laugh till the curtain's down and if it should happen you won't be offended that there is anything at all like this going on at home depend upon it you might have done worse than coming to see short and sweet curtain end of short and sweet by adolphus charles troughton